Hi, everyone. This is Michael Jellin, and welcome to the BRG Global Applied Technology Podcast. The GAT team, as we call ourselves, are a globally distributed team of software engineers, data scientists, graphic designers, and industry experts who serve clients through our BRG Drive analytics platform. We're helping some of the world's largest and most innovative companies and governments transform data into actionable insights. Today, I'll be speaking with Octavia Threlfall Tavi from our BRG GAT team. Tavia is a senior associate with over five years of project and team management experience. If you're familiar with our team, you'll know that we leverage the BRG Drive software platform to provide solutions to our clients. But what you might not know is that every solution or product that we build follows a rigorous product development process. In this conversation, Tavi introduces this process and speaks about how important it is to ensure that our software products are viable, a good market fit, and competitive. As always, if you have any questions, please email us at gat at thinkbrg.com. And with that, let's jump into this conversation with Tavi. Hi, Tavi. Hi, Jalen. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today a little bit about our product process. Um, could you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and uh, how you came to work in this team? Absolutely. Uh, it's a pleasure to be talking to you, too. Um, so my name's Tavi. I've been with the GAT team for about three and a half years now. Um, I actually started as an executive assistant for the team, but as I took on more responsibility and project work, uh, I progressed into an associate role. Um, I'm from London. I studied marketing at university in Manchester. And yeah, I've been really lucky to be involved with the GAT team. So many different people to learn from. So I know you spoke to Julie, who's from a nursing background. Kevin's an engineer. And then you've got Matt, who's a designer, and different projects as well. I've been working on government projects, healthcare projects, and also uh, internal projects. So our sales pipeline and our product process, which is what we're going to talk about today. Exactly. Yeah. And it's been great spending time with you in the Middle East, working on some of those projects. You've, re you've really seen the team grow and change from uh, the beginning point where we were really just developing a platform that uh, tried to be everything to everyone. And uh, you were really the, the spearhead in leading us towards moving into this product focus type of an area. So do you want to talk a little bit about at a high level, what, what is the product process and why have we switched over to start working with products rather than just a, a more broad software platform that has a lot of different services and utilities sure so yeah you're right the product process is very new to this team um, and we've we've made the switch rather than having one product because um, drive is it's kind of one big solution for everything and, and it's difficult for clients to see how it could specifically help their needs so we've chosen to split it out into specific products so we can have different use cases, different demos. Um, so it can be a bit manageable for, for clients. Yeah, I think that, that that's absolutely right. I mean, there are some clients we have in financial services who are using this certain configuration of forms and workflow and analytics in a completely different way than our clients in healthcare are using that same kind of set of tools. So if you were to do a demonstration for a client in the healthcare industry using financial services data, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They want to see something that absolutely. is very relevant to their data specifically. Um, and so while, while you've been developing this product process, uh, yeah. where do you start or or, or how do you start to put something together so that we have stages and, and we can make sure that these different uh, areas are focused and meeting a very specific client need? Firstly, you need to ensure that the products are created to fit an actual customer want and need. And then you need to make sure that the product features are always focusing on that need. So you, you want to prevent scope creep. Um, you want to ensure that your resources aren't wasted on different research. 
And so ultimately, you're making sure that you're not building a product that ends up no one no one wants it, no one needs it. Um, you're building something that people actually will find useful and that will sell in the current market. Yeah, and I think that that's very important, and that's a, a lesson we learned the hard way. Uh, I think being out <laughs> in the marketplace and working with clients, uh, when you hear that they have a certain need, uh, we want to just jump in and, and try to meet that need and build that service or tool or product for them specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but usually we lose sight of the rest of the marketplace or being able to generalize that, take a step back and see if it's something that is a problem that lots and lots of other clients have been uh, experiencing as well. So wh where do we get started in this process or, or what's the beginning of it? We have uh, eight stages in our product process. So the first three stages act as market checkpoints, um, and that's discover, define, and design phases. And they're basically there to make sure that we are meeting a need um, and that there's a market for the product and that the product features align to that need. Um, the next four stages are the product lifecycle. So that's develop, deliver, drive, and decommission stages. That's where we'll do the making, the marketing, and the upgrading, and finally the sunset of the product if necessary. Uh, the eighth stage at this point is, it's not applicable to all products, but it's equally very important. So if a product does not meet the specifics of the first three stages, it should go in to desist, which is when you stop making the product because it's not viable. You have to be kind of brutal sometimes when um, dealing with your ideas because you can get excited about idea, but if it doesn't meet the market needs, if it doesn't solve a problem, then there's no point in building it as a product. What are the kind of questions that we would be asking clients or, or how do we uh, try to understand their need? Because in some situations, I think we've worked in an industry for a long time. We're talking to other experts at BRG who have experience in that area. But what are what are the real ways that we get underneath uh, the surface to understand what what the real problem is that they're trying to solve? I know there's a, that famous quote that uh, Henry Ford always says that if if I gave people what they wanted, they would have asked I would have given them a faster horse, you know, something like that rather than building a car what are what are the ways that we understand from a client what it is that they really are trying to solve so the first phase is the discover discover stage um, and at this point the product really is just an idea so at this point we need to determine three things the problem being solved and who it's being solved for scale of the competition and how the problem is being solved at the moment and the total addressable market Okay, well, let's uh, drill into each of those. So first, I guess, how do we figure out what the problem is? Um, do we talk to just one customer or a couple different customers? Or, or how do we start that process? Client can come to you and say, hey, we have this problem, we need help solving it, which is great. Obviously, you're, you're going to help them. But it's also important, and this mistake's been made in the past, to see if this product is viable for, for sale in the in the actual market as well. During that process, we're also doing, I guess, a little bit of market research. You mentioned the total addressable market. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk about how we'd come up with that or, or how we calculate that and why that's important? Sure. So um, the total addressable market, or the TAM, um, should ask, answer specific questions. So how big is the market? Is it growing? Um, what are the risks and the entry barriers? And how can a product remain relevant? So the total addressable market, it looks at the competition as well. So how things are being done at the moment, how you can do those better and ultimately save a client time and money. Nice. At the moment, um, we have in the discover phase a tool that we uh, could possibly be used for managing supply chain data to ensure that process is being followed. TAM will be taking place 
and then once those have been assessed they'll be documented in an innovation canvas and at the end of this stage the product owner will need to get approval to fund a business plan and at that point we'll go into the define stage all right so in the discover phase we're really trying to assess is there a problem can we meet this need is there someone else meeting this need in the market and how big is that market so it's really trying to understand is there a business viability for us to move forward and evaluate whether it's worth to build something or not um is that right and then and then after Absolutely. that we start to get into defining what that is right so yeah you're right it kind of just makes a start on is this actually possible um and then then we go into define so that's when you'll do detailed competitive analysis create potential user personas and define the features and functions of the product okay and how do we go about doing that you'll put yourself in the mindset of a typical expected user of a product so for example um, you'd imagine you're a clinician for a healthcare improvement performance improvement tool so you'll include details of the user's behavior patterns, challenges they face day to day, their attitudes. So, for example, towards technology or adopting new things, um, their working environment and their skills and their goals. And you'll kind of imagine yourself in this person doing their day to day role. Um, how can what questions are they going to be asking and how they can answer them? So, for example, a clinician for a healthcare performance improvement tool, you may think, so when I'm asked about my ward's performance, I want to be able to see an analysis of that performance against my peer hospitals so I can see where the opportunities lie for improvement. So it's a when I want to, so I can. Um, and these um, really can develop your features and functions and just to make, make sure that they are current to the needs of the customer. Got it. That makes total sense. So in the first phase, we're saying, is there a problem? Is there a business viability for us to move into it? In the second, we're putting ourselves in the shoes of the customer to say, now that I am experiencing this problem, what would be the best way for me to solve it? Or, or we go through these customer interviews where we're probing into the day-to-day -day life of these individuals uh, and trying to figure out how we can make their life a little bit easier. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is really important at this stage because if you're um, also user interviews can take place at this stage, which is really important because if you're not interviewing potential users, you won't have an idea of what they want or need. So this has happened in the past. You kind of build a product without research or validation and you end up with a product that kind of people don't really they don't need, which is, you know, a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we're trying to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. So w when we're doing these customer interviews, what are some of the specific items that we want to include in the business case? So we're, I guess we're going to do a number of different customer interviews. We're going to try to aggregate that information and we're going to build it into um, what we want to move forward. What, what are some things that we should make sure we include in there? We do want to then document this in the business case. And that will include things like uh, the market problem. So what we're trying to solve. The market conditioning, so what's happening in the market and why it suits our solution. Um, you'll want a description of the product and the solution in there. You'll also want to have our credibility in the market. So are we known in the region? What are we known for? Because as you know, we're a global team. We work globally. Um, does the product fit our strategic goals as an organization? What are the risks and assumptions? And finally, you'll want some uh, financial information in there, and that will include the development of the product, the ongoing maintenance cost, 
uh, your return on investment and the suggested price. Okay. And so at this point, once we gather all that information from customers, we're asking them how much they'd be willing to pay for it, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we bring that into a business plan and there's a kind of a go, no go decision that happens at this point, whether we want to invest more time into this path. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So there's a kind of a decision after each stage, but you're right. These three first stages um, are, are very important in that process. Uh, which brings us to the design stage, which is the final stage in this market checkpoint. Um, so this is where, so you've you've done your customer research. You can imagine, you can imagine the product. Uh, you can imagine the solution, what what it's going to do. So this is where you really want to see it come alive. So you'll go through um, designing of the features and functions. Um, you'll develop use cases. Matt, who you already spoke to, will develop a wireframe so you can really see the product. Yeah. And I think that this is a very important phase for clients because I think at this point we would start to uh, work together with a couple of them in a small focus group to understand what what the ideal way of, of using this, what the user experience would be. Um, and I do know from speaking to Matt that this is uh, it's a very challenging moment for him and, and he really tries to uh, take a, a big wide perspective on what the, the best possible use case could be or the best way to work through uh, solving this from a technology standpoint is and then uh, you know sometimes we, we present this to clients and you get mixed reviews on that so I think there's a level of refining that goes into the, the wireframe as well absolutely and that's where you can really develop your USP because once your clients are seeing what you've got they're asking questions um, they're seeing how this is better how it's different and also on the on the other side you're right they're saying actually no we don't need this we need this instead um, so yeah, I'm, I'm imagine it's very tough for Matt, but you know he's great at what he does. <laughs> cool. And so during this phase, as we're going through and designing, we're I guess we're keeping in mind mm-hmm. the uh, idea of putting ourselves in the shoes of the customer and um, trying to think about this from their perspective. Is there uh, is there any sort of like official documentation that goes along with that, or is there uh, any way that we try to ensure that this wireframe is meeting the needs of the client? Yeah, so we have a value proposition, which is a document that needs to be completed. um, And that kind of determines who the target users are, what their needs are, how it's different from the competition, the USP, what um, our clients think of the product. And all those, all that information will come together. And this is where, you know, the final market checkpoint, this is where approval is granted or when the decision is made to should we precede this product into development or should we go to the desist stage? Okay, and so it seems like you know, we've already invested a ton of time in customer interviews, uh, trying to scope the market, understanding mm-hmm. what the competitive analysis is out there. So um, all of that goes into this before we even give this product any sort of, um, any sort of wings to go into the development cycle, is that right? Exactly. Absolutely. It's a, it's a rigorous process, but it is useful and important. It's interesting because we're going through um, user interviews with one of our products at the moment. In retrospect, um, that's already been developed um, and delivered and just documenting in the product process. And it's actually very interesting because the, some of the assumptions we made were not the overall outlook of the client. Um, so, yeah, we just want to avoid that kind of thing in the future. 
Yeah, it is a challenge. I know that we've adopted this product process after already having some things mm-hmm. out in the marketplace and after having already uh, sold a few things. So we are trying our best to align all of our existing products to that. And in some cases, the assumptions that we made at the beginning might not hold true when we start doing real customer interviews and following a rigorous process. Absolutely. And that's that's definitely what we're trying to get into motion at the moment. Yeah. So now that we've wrapped up those first three phases, which really are focused on validating whether or not this is something we want to invest more time in, um, it seems like there's a a fundamental shift as we move into the development cycle where now a different set of team members are involved. Um, Probably the way we have to manage the development is going to be very different. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have made a decision. We are going to proceed with building this product. So this is the develop stage. So this is where detailed design plans will be made, the features will be confirmed, and basically the user interface will be built, all the while ensuring that the original needs of the product and problem to be solved are still being met. So I actually did a project management course um, last year, which I know is project, but it kind of links to this. So we, it was agile and we were, learned about uh, Moscow prioritization. So that's your must-haves, which is a non-negotiable product need, um, your should-haves is what you should have, but it's not vital. Um, Could-have is kind of, well, it speaks for itself, really. You could have them, but it will be little impact if it's left out and will not have. So this is kind of the same as nice to have. Well, sorry, could-have is the same as would be nice to have. And then will-not-have is something that's not a priority for this time frame, but you can have it in future developments. That does make sense. And it's it's super relevant because we're now moving into the phase where it is a project now. It's going to be something we actually work on and build, whereas the first three phases seem like they're more at a business level. Uh, we're assessing whether or not we want to move into it. But now that we're in, in phase four and we're starting to develop a piece of software, we definitely need to manage that in a certain way. And so Agile and all the things you've mentioned uh, are, are perfect for that situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is a very agile approach because you need to decide which features are important for the launch. Um, And that brings me to uh, the next part of the process, go-to-market launch. So the go-to-market launch is what you'll need to go into the next phase. So this is basically a list of questions. And if any of the responses are no, you seriously need to think about whether it's ready to go into the deliver stage. Um, So for example, the questions can be, um, have the legal team reviewed the product language? your client-facing teams understand the customer journey. So uh, now that we've developed a product, we have something that we actually, um, that that functions and we're able to go out to the market with. Before we do that, I guess it's important to go through this questionnaire of things to ensure, one, is it legally allowed out in the marketplace? Has legal reviewed it? Um, Probably a couple other things to just you know, cross cross the T's and dot the I's and make sure that everything is um, is sound and, and professional enough to go out to the marketplace. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So then once we've got that product and it's been developed, uh, we move into, would this be the fifth phase? Yeah, the fifth phase, which is um, deliver. So this is where the launch of the product will happen. So the, the marketing campaigns will take place and you'll establish a client base. Um, And this is where you can really see different customers in respect of the product adoption. So the key is to engage the early adopters 
firsts, which is going to encourage the early or late majority, you know, those suspicious of new ideas or products. Yep. Um, so, for example, we um, at the moment, we're going through this stage with one of our products and we're using Google AdWords to kind of assess what people are searching for, assess the current appetite, get the keywords out there and see what sticks, basically, um, which is which is really interesting. Absolutely. So once we've got the uh, if we've got a marketing campaign set up, that would be all also measured and, and we'd have analytics on top of that to ensure that we are constantly moving through this process with a, a data driven <laughs> environment, I would think, to to ensure that we're, uh, you know, backing up any of our assumptions or any of our thoughts or hypotheses with information from the marketplace. Yeah, 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 that's right. And that takes us to the drive phase. So once the product is successfully out in the market, the drive phase will start. So that's when you'll have client-centric research and feedback. So you'll go to your client, you'll say, you know, how is this working? How is it not working? And that's really useful because you can then start to develop new features, new functions. Um, you can have a look at the competition again, you know, see what they're doing. Uh, it's really important stage to stay current and competitive in the market. A product can go through these three stages, can it iterate through these three stages um, for quite a long time. So kind of developing and delivering new features and driving these in various markets. So you could you could try a different market somewhere else in another country um, or another industry. So at the moment we have one product, but we're targeting um, nonprofits and we're also targeting higher education. So that will kind of go keep going through the product lifecycle when you have new features um, and functions. And so this is the place where products stay for the longest. As long as there's a market need mm -hmm. and uh, things are evolving and changing in the marketplace, we're, we're constantly monitoring what's going on, talking to our customers, understanding if their needs are changing or what new features they want, and then going back to the developers, incorporating those in as new features, um, delivering them, testing them, that that sort of thing, right? So, yeah. so most of our products kind of stay in this like four, five, six, develop, deliver, drive cycle for most of their life cycle. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to kind of not just forget about a product once it's launched into the market. You do need to kind of stay focused, stay, stay in contact with your client, um, keep an eye on the market and the competition just to make sure that, you know, you are you are progressing through these stages. Um, so yeah, you're right. Most products will stay at this stage for a long time. However, eventually they're going to reach a stage where they can't compete in the market or they need to be decommissioned or replaced. Uh, this is the decommission stage. So you'll monitor the market and um, once people have kind of stopped using the product or once you've launched a replacement, uh, you'll, you'll launch a sunset plan and that's going to close out the product and take it off the market. And I know our development team uh, really does enjoy this sort of thing because uh, for us to take products off the market, it means there's less maintenance for them, uh, less code base that they have to <laughs> make sure that they're staying on top of. Um, and so, yeah, it allows us to kind of focus ourselves on the bets that are really paying off. Yeah, that's true. Perfect. And I, I know we use a set of different tools in our team individually to manage the different areas. So if we were to cut up these seven different um, pieces or seven different phases of what's going on into the, the first three, which are really the, the high level business objectives to understand if there's a market need and a fit. Uh, and then the, the final develop onward, uh, develop, deliver, drive that that mostly deals with our engineering team and is about building and getting features in there and that sort of thing. 
do we use or can you talk a little bit about the different tools that we use in inside of our team to manage that process? Because it is two pretty separate audiences who are touching this at different areas of the life cycle. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say there's there's four tools that we use. So we use Trello for a high level overview of where all the products are at one time in the process. Um, we use product board to kind of prioritize new features, uh, rate them. And then we use Jira for the development guys to actually develop them. Um, and then we use Salesforce to drive the products. Yeah. And so sales, Salesforce is also where you do any of your marketing campaigns. Is that right? Yeah, so we keep all our marketing campaigns in there. We keep our contacts, um, all our opportunities. So it's easy to organize. You can see where you are. You can see where your bottlenecks are. um, And you can see who you want to target next as well. So to summarize, communicating with your clients or completing market research is key when developing a new product. Otherwise, you risk developing something that no one wants or needs. Um, Using a range of platforms ensures organization of not only the products at a high level, or at a feature level, but also marketing campaigns and keeping track of opportunities in the deliver phase. Thank you so much for oh, taking the yes. time to do this. Hey, thank you. Awesome. Well, I will talk right, to you in you so two much. minutes. Thank you. Yeah. Really appreciate it, Davey. <laughs> Have a good Bye. one. Bye. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions, position, or policy of Berkeley Research Group or its other employees and affiliates.